0: Welcome, welcome into the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We are here at the 74th taping of the pod. We have some exciting news before we get into the show. We've been teasing a jersey giveaway for a little bit over a month now. The people spoke. We answered. They said they want a quarterback jersey. We've already given away two wide receivers and a running back. We got a quarterback. And no, his name isn't Zach Wilson. No, his name isn't Teddy Bridgewater. We got a signed quarterback jersey. It's Jalen Hurts for the Philadelphia Eagles, midnight black jersey. So if you follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there, we'll be giving out instructions soon about how you can enter for a free, 100% free signed Jalen Hurts jersey. Again, go over to our Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there to enter we have a good episode for you today. We're going to be doing Wild Card Weekend Breakdown, and then Professor Max is back in session. We're going to be going over a lot of trades that he's been seeing in all of his different leagues. want to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy, for bringing the podcast to all of you. And thank you all for listening. Let's go.
1: Why, hello there, my fellow
2: kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast
0: where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 74 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. It is Thursday, January 19th. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. The guys are all back. Max's voice is finally back, so I'm going to let him lead. But first, let me give our intros. Max and Nick holding it in Cleveland. Jace holding it down in the desert. I'm still here in the city of Brotherly Love, which is buzzing for some NFC playoff games. Max, take us away. Oh,
3: man. I can't wait to see the Eagles lose this weekend. (laughs) It's going to be so good. Um it really, really is. so i'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited to be back, and we had a fire show. I mean, I've been jazzed up all day, just getting ready to talk about trades. It's exciting. So
0: well, Max, to- you haven't been able to talk for a week, so you're gonna make it up today.
3: I don't want to do too much talking. don't want to take away from you guys, and I want to hear what you guys got to say about these trades, but it's gonna be good. j b
1: It's gonna be good. Playoff football is always a good time, felt like it was a really good slate of games. um. Yeah, Tom, it's over and out for him. I, You know, everyone knew the narrative that everyone was banking on is Tom's going to turn it on like he always does when it matters most. Did not, uh, you know, didn't get the job done, and Dak and the boys are moving on. So I think uh, some more surprises are left in this playoffs. I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Super producer.
2: Yeah, man, dialed in another week, and I'm excited to be here. Great uh, playoff games. Now, as the Salty Browns fan, I'm sitting here rooting for the demise of the Bengals. I think it comes this week against the Buffalo Bills. Especially, I just saw that uh, the Bengals are out like three or four of their starting offensive linemen.
0: So that's going to be fun to watch. Gregory Rousseau is going to have himself a field day. Um, before we get into the episode, this was a very uh, contentious argument in my house this past weekend. We were watching the Jags-Chargers uh, game. And I was talking to my mother and I said, Mom, what color are the Jaguars uniforms? Are they green or are they blue? And she said, What's what's the color? And she said it was teal after she looked it up. Are the Jaguars green or are they blue? I think they're blue. Who
3: thinks they're green?
0: Yeah, I my think mother blue. thinks they're green. I think they're blue.
3: I think they're blue too. I think I'm gonna roll with green. Oh
2: like look
0: at the color like take a take a second if you're if you're at home this is bad podcasting but if you're at home take a second and look at the teal i don't know what color is but i feel like it's blue
1: i feel like this is like one of those like uh you know the dress thing is it like black and white or gold and yellow or like yeah. one of those things it's just like or like the one where you hear uh I don't forget. It's hear like green, one word or another. Yeah, it's like green storm and green needle or something like that. They're two completely different words. But if you listen hard enough, you can hear. But I feel like I feel like that's kind of what it is, or maybe this is just a deep discussion on the color teal and uh, who who is the color teal? Are you blue who is or the owner? green? Right,
3: green, bro. It really is tough. I mean, when you look at it, like it, it looks green almost.
0: Totally I green. think it's I think it's blue, but. That's for our friends at home to decide. What do you think? Are the Jaguars, are they green or are they blue? If you had to fit them in a family, a color family, I think that they're blue. All right, we're going to get into the episode here, but first we wanted to thank our sponsor back again another week. Underdog Fantasy continues to show their support for us. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to draft season-long basketball teams in just seconds. A lot of us are upset that the NFL playoffs have come into full uh, full swing, and that means fantasy season is on the tail end. But if you're playing underdog, you can do daily leagues as well as best ball drafts for the fantasy playoffs. On top of that, basketball season is in full swing. Baseball season is literally right around the corner. And before you know it, Football is going to start back up again. So if you want to use our code, it's code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. On the Underdog app, you'll get a free $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Again, that's MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash. Let's get into the episode. All right, first and foremost, just wanted to do a quick breakdown of Wildcard Weekend. For everyone out there. So we'll do a quick breakdown of that. And then directly after that, Professor Max, he's back in session. He has brought 20, something like 25 trades. We'll see how many that we actually get through. Uh, But a lot of trades he has brought to the table today for us to discuss. But first, let's go game by game. So the first game that we saw was the Niners and the Seahawks. Is anybody going to stop the Niners? Yes. Not the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm assuming you're going to say.
3: The Dallas Cowboys are beating the Niners. They really are. I Mm. think, I think Purdy's magic runs out. I don't know. Dallas looked really good. If Dak doesn't turn the ball over, give me the Dallas Cowboys. I
1: I can definitely, I can definitely see that. Brock Purdy got away with a lot of, you know, the San Francisco 49er guys yakking their way to touchdowns. You know, a lot of touchdowns that came from behind the line of scrimmage are right there after it, like within five yards. So, You know, that Dallas defense, when they're right, they can fly all around the field. I mean, you're going to have to air it out um, to kind of beat them, um, especially with what they can do through the air. So I can I can see that. I don't think anyone wants to admit that. I think everyone just wants the 49ers, you know, Brock Purdy experiment to just keep on flowing through. But, yeah, I could see a hard stop against the Cowboys.
0: I don't know. The Cowboys, they're just they're so fraudulent just because of the Cowboys. I don't think they win another Super Bowl as long as Jerry Jones is alive. By the way, Jerry Jones, probably the best villain in all of professional sports. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Max, any last comments on the Cowboys and the Niners?
3: No, I just think that the Cowboys, they lost from last year. They're getting revenge this year. I really do.
0: Ooh, how poetic would it be? They're That's instrumenting sweet. a drive. They're trying to rush down the field. and they just don't get the playoff. That would be some absolute justice for the Cowboys this year. Mike (laughs) McCarthy, job 100% safe, and maybe he gets an extra year, even if they don't perform next year. You know, Back-to-back 12-1 seasons plus a playoff win with Dak Prescott, that's a lot. Good job, Mike. Let's keep moving. Uh, Game after that was – so that was after the Seahawks 49ers game – Uh, was the crazy comeback that we saw, the 27 to nothing comeback. Has Trevor Lawrence arrived, in your opinion?
3: I mean, yeah. I mean, he ended the season with a lot of wins there to close it out, won won the division, beat the Titans, go in, win the playoff game at home, coming back from the Chargers. Yes, the Chargers had a pretty bad collapse. But to answer your question, yeah, T-Law's arrived, and I think when he gets Ridley, watch out.
1: Yep. I don't think they got much of a chance against the Chiefs. You know, I think Mahomes, he's just built different this season. And I think Lawrence is, too. I mean, I really think he's emerged as a, you know, probably a top five quarterback in this league right now. I feel like the breakout is upon us. But I do think, especially against the Chiefs, I think Calvin Ridley will be sorely missed. And people will be so excited to get him in the offense because they just – they don't have anyone that can stretch the field essentially like the chiefs have like the chiefs have so many guys uh, with speed. They can score from 70 plus out. That just doesn't happen in the Jags offense. That just, they don't have a, they don't have that element. So I think, I do think that's going to be a sore spot. That's really going to burn them. But next season, I mean, watch out. This team's going to be dangerous. The defense is building itself up. Good D line. I mean, they get a couple stud corners in there, stud corner and a stud safety. This team could be dangerous. Really quick. I want a uh, dynasty outlook
0: on Christian Kirk after the season. He finishes the top 12 wide receiver. Obviously they're going to be adding Ridley, but if you think that Lawrence is transcendent, they play in a SHIT division. I really think that he can repeat and be top 12 and his fantasy value is nowhere close to where he's being valued.
3: I don't think he can repeat and be top 12. I just, I think the division obviously gets stronger. The Colts are, they have a number four pick that, Texans have the number two pick right now. There's been rumors about the Colts trading up to one. I mean, I get one player can't really change something like that, but it also can. I don't think Christian. I think Christian Kirk definitely regresses and doesn't score as many touchdowns. Um, I'd probably put him at like that 24 to 28 kind of range.
1: Yeah, I, I think he can have. I think Lawrence is going to be one of those guys that can sustain two options as he continues to get better. I mean, He did a pretty good job making Zay Jones something for us in fantasy. And that's Zay Jones, who's bounced all around the league and never really been anyone we've been excited about. So I think it's going to be Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. And Christian Kirk, back in his time in Arizona, has shown us that he's not going to demand the ball over a premier alpha in this league. And I think that's what Calvin Ridley, uh, the last time we saw him play a full healthy season, that's what he proved us, that he can step up to the plate and be an alpha wide receiver one. Um, But I think they can coexist. I think this offense is going to be exciting. I just think maybe not top 12, but I do think he's going to be a top 24 guy, top 20 guy and going to be useful, especially in PPR leagues. So, Max, we had a bet around
0: this time last year, I believe. And we've called it null and void, even though I don't think it should be. Because it was just such an outrageous bet on your hand. And you said that Kenny Galladay would finish as a top thirty-six option. Was that the bet? Mm-hmm. That was the bet, but didn't even hurt. come close. Yeah, not hurt. even close. When, it doesn't matter. He was he seeing twenty percent of snaps, maybe even less. But look, just because of the stipulations of the bet, we're going to let it count that it, it that it doesn't count. I'd I'd like to do a similar bet here with Christian Kirk finishing top sixteen. Hmm.
1: What, uh, what's, what's the format on this guy? I'd do a 12-hour Waffle House. Oh, I meant more so PPR, half oh, PPR? Half where PPR. Half, half PPR. PPR, top 16. Half PPR, top 16 finish. No chance. No chance?
3: How many games does he have to play, though, Peter?
0: So it's a, let's say, 14-game regular season, correct? So at the end of week 14, we don't count the playoffs.
1: Okay. overall so, or points per
0: game it's gonna be overall 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 but let's say he's got to play 10 games
1: i think that's good max
3: yeah, there's no chance he finishes peter <laughs> <there's> no <laughs> chance all right i, I, tend I to will agree. gladly take that bet there's all right me.
0: it's done it's set in stone waffle house there's no chance Sorry, I'm set. You, on the other hand, actually have to go because you came in last in our redraft league, Max. <laughs> so when are you doing that?
3: Probably will be in the summer um, would be my guess. I had, a in my work league, we had a kid that went. And I call him a kid because he really, he bitched out. Um, he went to Denny's and got the junior stacks and it pissed me off, bro.
1: What, what, bro. How big are the junior stacks?
3: They're tiny, bro. They're really tiny, like little
1: ego handheld things.
3: They're really small. Like they're, Stop. Probably, they're like this. And he counted that. I was like, that's so dumb, bro. Like hey, uh, look,
1: man. You gotta admit, when
0: you're wrong, you're wrong. And you know what? Punishment, it only makes you better. So he he refused to get better by eating less pancakes. He did. Mm. Let's, let's move on to the next game. Uh dolphins and the bills. Dolphins and the Bills. I think. I'm gonna say it. If the Jets were the seven seed, they win that game.
1: There, I said it. You guys take it from there. I mean, they did. The Bills did their best to try to lose that game. That is 100 percent a fact. Uh, if it were two of there, I think they definitely could have won that game. But um, the Bills escape, and uh, you know, maybe Demar Hamlin makes it into the stadium for the next game, and then it's it's narrative time. The NFL is just going to be the NFL is just going to have a lot of fun with that. So uh, yeah, Bill's mafia. I think they're moving along.
3: So we just got word from our super producer that there's, there's four bets that were made between Peter and myself. The Mm -hmm. first one was just one about Peter and his team. Um, The second one was the Kenny Galladay bet. And then the third one was CD will be a top three wide receiver in half point PPR. I said, yes, Peter said, no. The wager was a water bet, so I did lose that one. He was like mm. six. It was close. Dallas Goddard does not finish top eight in half point PPR. Peter thinks he would. He did not. That's eight slices of pizza.
0: Dude, I'll do I do four a night. I can hit eight <laughs> easy. What did he finish <laughs> as?
1: He was like yeah. ten.
0: Oh that's a shame. If he didn't get hurt, he would have finished
1: top eight, but what a shame. interesting i forgot about these i i saw everyone starting to react while i was talking about the bills i was like what what i forgot all about these man so i would be excited to see these play out maybe we'll get them posted on twitter
3: you played 12 games peter we can nullify that one if you'd
0: like you didn't No, no because i wanna i wanna eat a whole pie You
1: need a nice excuse. I need an Uh, excuse. I got to eat this whole pizza. I freaking (laughs) lost this bed. I hate my life. I hate Max. (laughs) Uh,
3: You better get it in before February 13th now.
0: Oh, believe me. I will be. All right. Let's keep it going uh, about this Bills game. So, Jace, back where you left off.
1: Yeah, I just think – they escaped. They moved on. They did their best to piss that game away, but they, they didn't in the end. And then, like I was saying, DeMar Hamlin, if he's going to be in the stadium for the next game, you know, they're going to be fired up trying to get him a dub. And they, that's when the team of destiny stuff sets in. And uh, maybe some of maybe the NFL's a little rigged, you know, because they love a good narrative just as much as we do. So some of those thoughts might start creeping independent on how the game goes. Uh,
3: I do agree with J.B., I would say that if the Jets made it, I I do think they could have won that game. I think the Patriots would have honestly won that game by double digits. The Bills did not play well at all. They got the easiest matchup in the Dolphins. Good for the Dolphins. They played well. They got the hand they were dealt. Um, But Josh Allen really has to limit those turnovers if they want to take that step and make it to the Super Bowl.
0: I don't think – hot take. If he continues to turn the ball over at this rate throughout his whole career, I don't think he'll ever make the
1: Super Bowl. I mean, I could see it. Everyone has their narrative to the Cowboys, and you know, they they throw it in the trash every year. The Yankees throw it in the trash every year. There's some sometimes there's these teams and these players that 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 happens. That would be yeah. a shame if that were his narrative moving forward. Um, but the good thing is is that doesn't affect us fantasy owners. He's yeah. still gonna be elite no matter what he does in the playoffs. What what kind of sucks about the NFL playoffs? is that it is one and done
0: and for him to essentially win the Super Bowl he has to play four borderline turnover free games because you know outside of the wild card round we got all big boys in those games so you know you go minus 3 on a turnover differential in a game you're most likely going to lose that game but then again ask the chargers they went plus 5 and somehow managed to is lose true. so uh let's keep it moving uh, next game was the Giants, Vikings. Max, do you think the Giants beat the Eagles?
3: I can definitely see it. The Giants always play the Eagles very well. They haven't won in Philly since 2013. Um, but eight and a half, seven and a half, whatever it is, it's
0: a lot of points.
3: Slam it. Eagles haven't played in a while. Jalen Hurts has not played in a while.
0: Lane Johnson.
3: Nick Sirianni has never won a playoff game. I will take Brian Dabul, who's won a playoff game.
1: All right, JB. Do not, and this is a note to myself, do not forget Boston Scott anytime, anytime touched. Do not. Anytime. Put it in the moment it opens. I forget every time to put in my Boston Scott anytime touchdown score. It is a guarantee. He's getting in the end zone. First touchdown score, throw a sprink- sprinkle on Boston Scott. The, he is a moneymaker against Philly. He, I mean, yeah, against Philly, against no, New York. Against New York. I'm getting so like flustered about it. I forget every time it's free money, put your money down.
0: On um uh, on Monday morning, I texted Mario from New Jersey and I said, Yo, man, happy Boston Scott week. <laughs> Dude, the it's... whole city is is just buzzing with Boston Scott anytime touchdown score. So I bet the line's gonna be juiced, but it's he's probably gonna Get score, in. so it doesn't
1: matter. Get in. Get in the first touchdown score, especially if you're on the betting app Fliff, like uh, some of us here on the Monarchy Podcast. Odds are going to be really juicy. We're
3: plus twenty eight hundred for first touchdown.
1: That that's what it is right now.
3: Yeah. Oh
1: my god. Oh Three my god.
3: Plus four ten. Wow.
1: Wow. Yep. Yeah, Boston Scott, get those bets in immediately.
3: But yeah, All I right. can I can see the
1: Giants, Peter. I really can. Okay. What do you buy you, Jace? You think the Giants can take him? I don't. I think they're a good story, but I think the lack of wide receiver weapons in that offense, I think they're gonna get exposed a little bit in that area. They need some real playmakers in that offense.
0: And any comments on Kirk Cousins and the check down on fourth and eight?
3: He had to, man. I mean, when you No, look, he didn't. Peter, he was getting rushed. He, he
0: can to- get out of the pocket or send it deep.
3: I mean, he could have just thrown it up there and hope for a prayer. I guess, honestly, that would have been better, but you never know. Hawk can break that tackle. He really can. Kirk did. Kirk played very well this year. Was it enough? No. Is he the quarterback of the future? Probably not. Will he be back for another year? Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. It was a big disappointment from Justin Jefferson, but I think they highlighted it well in the broadcast. Dude was getting double and triple team the entire game. Dable was literally like beat us with literally anyone else other than Justin Jefferson and uh, cousins and company. They just couldn't get the job done. I mean, they said, let TJ Hawkinson beat us up all you want. I mean, it's just not going to be what Justin Jefferson can do. So that's just a, I mean, that was one of those games. Someone just got out coached and uh, Dable was the guy doing the out coaching. All right.
0: The penultimate game. Crazy madness should have been a block in the back. Uh Cincinnati versus Baltimore. Uh let's we've talked about the Bengals a lot. Let's talk about the Ravens and where they go from here. Lamar is probably gonna end up leaving, as a lot of us do believe. So what is what does this do for Mark Andrews? And even more so, what does it do for the running game?
3: Yeah, I mean JK Dobbins, Jace can touch on him a little more. Would Uh, love to. You can pause that. He's Close. going into a contract year. Should be pretty good. I do think Lamar stays. I think they franchise tag him. I really don't think they let him leave. Um, But Mark Andrews, to answer your question, yeah, he could have a bad year. We know what he is. He's 27. He's going into those prime years. And he has a potential out in his contract after next season. So one more bad year, he gets to pick his free agency spot. Sign me up for it.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think um... – going to buy all the Mark Andrews shares that I can. I think he's definitely going to rebound. Wasn't the same after a shoulder injury, just a, just a bad year. And I think this team is due for a big rebound. Definitely, definitely, definitely excited for JK Dobbins, who was very outspoken after the loss about not getting the rock on the goal line and having Tyler Huntley, try to jump from three yards out, like get the ball to Dobbins. All he's ever done is punch it in his entire career as a Raven. So very outspoken about that. Um, I I think in a contract year next season, he is just going to be a a problem. And uh, he's definitely someone I'm looking to acquire everywhere. Um, Yeah, talk about, you know, maybe the NFL being a little rigged. You know, you know, everyone wants to see the Bengals versus Bills rematch again. That block in the back, let that thing go. That was the big turning point in the game. I mean, there was... Talk about the thoughts creeping in. It was in that game. That was a little sus, if you ask me, but it was a little sus. The Ravens receiver dropped it at the end. Sus. Yeah. So I don't know, but this is the game we play. So, all right. Let's keep moving on. Last game,
0: Bucks, Cowboys, Max, your boys. They somehow managed to win against an average team. I would call the Bucks average. Very underperforming, underwhelming season from the Bucks. Where do the Bucs go from here? And give me your take on the Cowboys for next year.
3: I think that Dak was playing for his job, honestly. I think if Dak had multiple turnovers and stunk it up, I think that there's everyone in Dallas and calling for his head and saying that they move on. Um, he played great, five total touchdowns. His job's safe for next year, I think. The injury didn't help him this year. They'll be back to that offensive line, they'll be the same team. Um, as far as the Bucks, all depends where Tom goes. Man, the man's a mystery box. If he stays there, they get some help, I guess. You never know. But I would like to see Tom move, go to 49ers, go to Vegas, go somewhere fun. Jets. Go to the Jets. Have a real freaking challenge, man.
0: Hey, if he won the Super Bowl with the Jets, undisputed, for the rest of time.
3: It's already undisputed, but it is undisputed,
1: but it would, you know, that would echo throughout
0: history. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a Dallas man. It's going to be interesting to see what they morph into. I think that team needs a number two wide receiver so bad. Like Gallup was a fun experiment. He can make some plays, but he's much more of a three than a two and, I get uh, I get our boy uh, Dalton Schultz had a good game and a really amazing game, actually incredible. But I think he could be easily replaced um, by a stud wide receiver coming out of college. And I think Dak can support that, honestly, Uh, with, you know, Zeke in closer and closer to the end of his contract, I think you know, Kellen Moore, he's going to want to air it out and he's going to want to keep the, uh, keep the ball in the air with the roster that they're moving towards. So I'm excited for them moving forward. And then, yeah, the bucks, you summed it up. A lot of guys that just so many question marks and it literally all depends on if Tom's going to stay. Cause if he doesn't, I mean, Mike Evans is going to take a big valued hit Chris Godwin, although he's good, he's going to probably drop into like Deontay Johnson territory where he's Really good, gets good volume, just can't put up the the counting stats that we want. So bring Jameis back. Bring Jameis back. I mean, that would be fantastic. Get big old Bruce to get out of the administrative side and step back on the field, put the whistle on again. You got LASIK. Dude, we were actually talking about LASIK before this podcast. That's that's uh it's coming full circle right now. And I would love to see LASIK Jameis airing the ball out 50 times a game in Tampa again. All right, that's our wild card weekend breakdown. I'm going to hand the
0: mic over to Professor Max, who's going to be running our trade corner today. Professor Max, take us away.
3: So, I have a lot of trades. I just figured that these lead to great discussions. I think that at this time, it's so important to know like the values, so much is going to change between now and March when free agency opens and then in April when the draft happens. And then in the off season, like there are so many different windows. So if you can capitalize now and set yourself up for guys, like, I don't know, there's three running backs, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard, all free agents. One of those guys goes to the chiefs. You can flip it and sell it for an even bigger window. So you never know what can happen in these and that's kind of why we kind of go through them and just lead a good discussion so we're going to start with just a bunch of one quarterback ones right now and then probably in about halfway through we're going to switch over to super flex so some of these are really like hey you can just say your answer but if you want to extend it um and say hey this is why i think it no worries as well i'm gonna sustain um from answering unless it's needed but super producing it's abstain, abstain, I can't speak English. Super producer, you are in on this, though. So I'd, I'd love to hear you guys' things. All right, first one, one quarterback league. We got Saquon Barkley and Rashad Bateman or A.J. Brown.
1: I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, it
0: sucks. I'd rather have elite wide receiver play yeah. for X amount of time than a potential running back who is one, actually one injury away from being irrelevant.
1: Saquon will be RB1 next season you heard it here first he's the peak is they will fix that
0: they will fix that outline probably
1: yeah and they're going to be able they're going to have a weapon or two in the passing game Saquon is going to be a freak and knowing that makes that really tough but I'm with Peter just AJB can put up a top five wide receiver season but he can do that over the next four plus seasons and Saquon I think it's going to be not a one and done, but I I think he's going to peak and then he'll be, he'll be good, but then he's an old running back and value is hard to get back.
3: So before you chime in super producer, I want you to touch on this because we are talking, you said something really interesting of how you prefer running backs. Like if you're going for it. Um, I mean, we saw what happened to Peter with Stefan Diggs and how he put up two for 26 in the semifinals and Devontae Adams is disappearing when you know, these running backs are going to get this volume. So if you just want to touch on that super producer, I mean, I'd love that.
2: Yeah, it was something that we talked about uh, a few weeks back, but just as far as like roster construction, like I was more so talking about like, if I, if it's just start two running back two wide receiver and then a flex, a lot of people start like lean towards having that third wide receiver in the flex, but like, especially in half PPR, maybe you can make the argument in full PPR, but I feel like, the running backs have just such a safe floor where i did it this past year and i i've done it i mean especially in redraft as well i think that's kind of how i sh- try to build teams but like only because of the fact where you get into the playoffs into that week 15 16 17 and peter had it happen to him he had some stud wide receivers and they just they just get blanked for i a got game. ptsd up- from it Like with running backs, you know, you're going to get a guaranteed, I mean, it's hard because there's really not a lot of workhorse running backs, but you're going to get a guaranteed maybe 15 touches where they're going to put up at least maybe like eight. Like the top end guys are at least going to put up eight. So it's like, that's where, what we were kind of just talking about. But as far as the trade, I'm going, I'm going against that. And I, I think it's AJB for this one.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of good points. And I think all that has to do, like, if you're shoving your chips for next season, like, I want Saquon. I just told you, I think he's going to be the number one overall running back. And he's going to outscore the top wide receivers, especially in half PPR format. PPR wide receivers, the top end ones are pretty close to a cheat code that guys, I mean, those full points that you add on for every catch really, really adds up. Um, But half PPR, it's much, much closer. And if you can have a guy like Saquon that he's going to get you, you know, 18-plus carries most weeks on the ground, and then he has the upside to catch five passes in a game too and rack up those yards, and he has two ways to score. And in the red zone, it's – you're more – you know, most teams are smart enough to – if you get close in there, you're going to pound the rock two straight times and try to get one in. So I'm with you on that. I mean, if I could build a team like yours – I think it all comes down to like the workhorse aspect that you were talking about, because, you know, there are some guys that just don't catch the ball. And at that point, you know, they could get you eight points and they could get you however many carries for 80 yards. And that's a good game for them. But they didn't get in the end zone. You didn't get any, you know, a wide receiver could get 80 yards. And on top of that, it you know it took them six catches to get there and they're getting an extra three points that that running back's not getting. So then things get a little closer for me, but I, I dig what you're talking about, especially if you could build a team like you did with some real studs and every two stud running backs and a stud flex running back.
0: Um, something that I will say, I think it's worth your time when the season ends. Sprinkle Giants to win the NFC East next year because they're playing a third place schedule. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. That is, that is true. And they will fix the wide receiver room. They will. And Daniel Jones, another year learning that offense.
3: And the Kenny Galladay, another year under his belt, and he's going to fall out. It's going to be crazy. You yes. want to run
0: back that bet, Max?
3: No. No, I'm, I'm chilling on that one. don't I, nah, I know. I, no. I, think, I think Kenny Galladay, we're good on him. Uh, so moving on here, <laughs> I got another one. This is one that I just I couldn't get the right value, and it's tough, and I want to see where you guys put this guy. Uh, it's Tony Pollard, a uh, free agent this year. So Tony Pollard or 107 in this year's draft. I mean, we saw Tony Pollard finish as running back eight this year.
1: I'll go with 107. Um, there's some stud running backs that'll be within the top nine picks, at least in one quarterback leagues. And I'll just at that point, take the the youth. And I think there's a pick there. The guy that you're getting is going to get good draft capital from an NFL team. And it's a little that's a little different to me than Tony Pollard getting a bag somewhere because we see guys get the bag all the time, but it's still very much a tryout for the position. I think teams when they draft guys, I think they really want to make it work out. And I think that's why we saw a guy like Clyde hang around for so long, even though he was cheeks. It's because he got the draft capital and they want to develop that player that they foresaw. Peter. Give
0: me 107. Because I'd rather take the chance on a guy who is going to have at least some investment from his franchise. I feel like Pollard, he's been putting up great numbers, but you know, a guy that put up great numbers was James Connor. A guy that put up great numbers um, was uh, Melvin Gordon. Like guys like that, that are just kind of like expendable to some of these teams after a while. So yeah. I would just rather a little bit more investment and, go grab a wide receiver or a tight end there instead of a running back. I'd rather piece my running backs together and then draft them.
3: Nixie, I'm guessing do you agree?
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. 107, not not too close. I feel like if you added, like, Pollard in a second, there might be someone that will take the bait on that because if they're at 107, they're maybe a fringe playoff team, so maybe they need that extra running back. Maybe they'll be like, oh, and I get a second, but – for yep. me, I'm I'm never trading that first for Pollard.
3: What's yep. that um cutoff for you guys? 108, 109? Like what are we trading for Pollard?
1: Probably 109. 109. Um I think 110 is would be the the earliest I'd be comfortable sending off a pick for Pollard. I, I'd say 109 is too rich for me.
2: Okay. For me, I feel like he's like two oh two. Like I wow. would never I would never send a first for Pollard, honestly he's going to be 26 this upcoming year could be with a new team. Like who knows? I'd rather take any rookie over him almost not third rounders, but you know what I
1: mean? Right. Right. Yeah. That's fair.
3: Yeah. I think it's very interesting. I mean, I really do. Um, And like you said, Nixie, if someone's on the bubble right there and they need Tony Pollard and they see that he's going to a new team, they could definitely accept that. So um, this one is, I don't know. I'm excited. I hope you guys aren't cheating along in the doc.
1: I'm not. Nope, nope, nope.
3: Good, this is even better. So this is um, Debo Samuel and a 24 first. Let's just call it mid for uh, for giggles or CD lamb.
1: I'll Give take CD. Yeah, I'll take CD. Okay. Easily.
0: Easily. Yeah. I, I, I'm a known Debo hater. You
2: are a known Debo hater. Nixie. i I'm probably still a CD. I'm curious, though, would it change your guys' opinion if Tom Brady is there next year for San Francisco?
1: Honestly, what would change my opinion the most is if I got traded. And I know he's a pretty big trade candidate from the Niners. They can't really afford to keep him around. Um, He's going to want a bag because he had a really good season, and people know he's talented. Uh, Former first-round pick, right? Sure. Yeah, former, for, former first round pick. I Arizona mean, on a
0: state grad, Jace.
1: Yeah, yeah, I knew that much, but I didn't know if he was first round or early second because there's some really talented guys like AJ Brown that got drafted in the second. So um, I thought he was one of those guys, but no, he's going to want a bag. And if he gets traded and it's going to be Debo, Kittle, and McCaffrey as like the heart of that team, like then I'm really tempted because I think Debo can recapture a lot of that magic. Uh, that he found a couple years ago
3: absolutely I mean Debo had a average year obviously he was hurt but I think that Debo is still very talented and but the age does scare me there and just CD's age and upside to get a mid first on top of it I guess I can see where you're coming from but Debo is like you said if Ayuk goes he's one of those guys it's like
1: yeah then it's a lot closer but still even then it's CD's. 23 years old and just put up a top five season that's that's literally what you want to see that's what we all beg for absolutely
3: um travis etn or tony pollard and a 25 first we'll just call it mid again
1: etn yeah i'll take i'll take etn
3: i think that (laughs) etn obviously got very lucky with james robinson leaving he's very talented first round draft capital Jaguars are an up-and-coming offense, but I don't know, man. There's something about Tony Pollard in a first that just would, like, I think it would swing me that way there. So I'd go that route just to get that extra draft capital.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like when I watch ETN, it's not like I'm watching, like, Zeke run. It's not like I'm watching some, like, old man legs or it's like he has no, quote-unquote, no burst or anything like that. He is as good as advertised out of college and that – um that i don't think it was plantar fasciitis what what did he what did he hurt on his foot Liz frank liz frank yeah Yeah, i knew it was something it wasn't plantar but i was really concerned for him after that injury because breaking a bone like on the inside of your foot really isn't good (laughs) yeah um but he looked great he looked absolutely great this season and I feel like he's going to be a guy a lot like Josh Jacobs has been treated the last couple of years during the season, his value will spike because I'll have great games and then the off season, everybody's going to talk themselves out of him. and the season's going to start and he's going to play well. So I think, do I think that there's a top six upside a hundred percent? Do I think it'll happen? Probably not next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, first year in the league, put up 1100 rushing yards. Only five touchdowns. you got to think regression candidate there, and then he walked away with 35 catches on 45 targets. Offense, I feel like, is only going to get more and more pass-heavy, which you might think is a bad thing for ETM, but with a guy with his pass-catching skill set, I mean, I think he could, especially in full PPR, become one of those cheat codes. But I will say, if you change that 25 first to a mid-24 first, I would probably do that deal.
3: I was just going to say, so if it was, like, 107 and Pollard for ETN, you'd probably slam at for 24.
1: Yeah, I feel like you might even be able to, like, yeah, I would. I would. I would.
3: Yeah. Nixie, what were you going to say?
2: Yeah, I was going to say this is just kind of random, but as far as, like, his pass catching, I-, I feel like he left a lot on the table this year. Like, they didn't really use him too much in the pass game, which is kind of concerning. But, like you said, Jace, like, out of college he was a really good pass catcher yeah and a thing that like not a ton of people talk about is like christian kirk he he could be a cut candidate this upcoming season i mean he's only mm-hmm. like 10 million dollars in dead cap if they cut him and mm-hmm. like if they get a dude out of there like that and maybe they're trying to spend some money at other places like who, who knows maybe he just gets some more targets out of the backfield And i i don't know i I think we're all on the same boat. Like Jacksonville could be one of these high powered offenses with Lawrence coming in, taking that third year leap. So.
1: Yeah. I, I thought it was fascinating that he wasn't used that way, but I don't think that discounts him from moving that way in the future, even if there's other weapons there, because the good thing about the guy that he's paired with in the backfield and shotgun is it's his buddy from college who had like one of the highest check down rates coming out of college. So Lawrence knows he's there and knows what he can do as well. I, I think, I think he's in for some more evolution guys, even though he put it, it's his first year, you know, and put up a really good season. but That's not his ceiling guys get better all the time. And I think he could be one of those guys for sure.
3: Even coming. We're going to, we're going to go quick through these two here. We kind of touched on one of these players, um, DK Metcalf or Brandon. I, you two Oh one.
1: I go with DK Metcalf. Uh, I'll
0: probably say DK, but I feel like it's it's a lot closer than people think. And, you yeah. know, I'm not a big DK guy. I, I like DK this year. I, I turned around on him for this
1: season.
3: He ball, bro. Do you know?
1: What if it's Brandon Iyuk, a New York Giant, in 201 in D, or for DK? With Ayuk right. as the one?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I won't get into that hypothetical. I, I don't know how
1: I would feel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd be tempted to do the IU crowd, but I feel like you could get even more. Like if you could slip in a if it were like one ten in IU as a New York Giant. Oh yeah, I think I, I think I would do that. I really do. Hundred percent.
3: Um, we're moving on. Miles Sanders or two hundred one. Miles Sanders had a great year. Twenty 25- Sanders free agent. Yeah.
0: hundred Like 110,000%. Okay.
3: JB, you're agreeing?
1: Is he a free agent this
0: offseason or is he heading yes. into a
1: contract year? No, okay. he's a
0: free agent this offseason and has expressed his uh, hope and desire to stay in Philadelphia. He actually just had a comment this past week. He said, I love it here. I love Howie. I love this organization. I love Coach
1: Sirianni. I just hope they love me back. Mm. What What was the pick? 110? 201. 201. So, no, I would go with Miles Sanders if I think equivalent values like 110. Um, yeah, no, I'd rather have Miles Sanders. I think he's a stud. Like, he really is a stud. His problem is people just not getting him the ball and giving him the volume. But he's a stud when he touches it. So, I think it's never been a question of ability. It's always been a volume thing.
3: Absolutely. And if you
1: have to have two running backs or three running backs get work, at least it's that eagle system. Yeah, right. That can put up a lot of points, yeah.
3: That's true. So this is one that I actually – I was on the phone with Big Al today, and I offered it, and I really thought it was going to be an accept. Um, It's Amon Ross, St. Brown, or Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, and 112.
1: Ooh, I think I got to go – I think that's – Give me Terry. Give me the Terry side. Oh, I'm going to – I think I'm going to go with the Amon Ross side. I am. I'm, but I'm actually. Is,
0: I'm gonna get heated about this, Chase. Okay. Let me get heated about this. Let, let I actually want to have a full blown conversation about Amon Ross Saint Brown.
1: Okay.
0: He had a great year. He had a great end to last year as well. Mm-hmm. That Lions offense, it's gonna get better next year. Mm-hmm. Jameson Williams is going to be the number one receiver there. I they, I don't I, care who says anything. I will be vindicated next year when Jamison Williams is the number one receiver, they can coexist 100%. I agree. It's going to be one, a one B or Jamison Williams will be the one. And Aman ra will be the two to get a number one receiver and Terry, a number one receiver. So it's Terry, um,
3: Cortland
0: Sutton. Uh, Sutton, who's the number one there. He is not. He
1: is. He's the stats literally completely disagree. Okay. But on paper, he's the number one. Not in the stat book. I Not in the stat know, book, I, but I, on the depth chart. Well, we, the depth two chart two three, doesn't three, matter. Two yeah. Two yeah. Three, no, no, no. It's, he's a number two in that okay.
0: And then to get a pick on top of it, a first-round a first pick, late first. Yeah. Basically a second-round pick. But right. to get a pick on top of that, I, I think you do it. But I, I'm just done with the Amon Ross-St. Brown um, elevation. We love him on this podcast, and it's kind of going to be like a DK effect where it's like I was really out on DK because he was valued so high and everybody was so big on him. And the second his value started to dip, I was like, hey, I like this guy. I just don't like how value, like how much you have to give up to get a guy like this. Yeah.
1: Go ahead, Nixie.
2: Yo, Pete, I was going to say, like, if you really feel that strongly, any. Any statistical category, I'll take Amon Ross St. Brown, and you can take Jamison Williams, and we do a Waffle House bet because other than forty-yard plus touchdowns, and I like, you can pick a single one, and I will. I'll bet. So you the big, would, th- the
0: big three—it's touchdowns, receptions, and then yards. Whatever you want. Bro.
1: I mean, targets decides who's the alpha wide receiver in an offense. It to me. I mean, who deb- who demands the ball more or who is so talented that their coach schemes them up to get the ball? Tal- targets are the alpha decider. I think Goff is not going anywhere. And the rapport that him and Juicy have together is insane. I think JMO and Amin ra are going to feed off of each other. I think they can both coexist in an offense that scores a lot of points and has a defense that can't hold water. I mean, it's... They can both coexist. I just think Amon Ra, he's the chain mover. He's like the Chris Godwin. He's the thing that makes the offense go. And then Jamo is Mike Evans, except a lot faster and a lot younger. But the volume, I d- I just don't think it'll I don't think it'll match up. But I think half PPR, like I think that's where Amon Ra maybe will take like the biggest hit for sure because he's you know he'll probably take a small step back. But I think he's the alpha there. I'm with Nick C. I, anything I
2: Pete pick it pick your category if you we'll really talk about, like that. We'll talk
1: about it we'll talk about as we get closer to camp
0: I but I would be interested in doing a bet around it I really am I'm the number one JMO guy on the podcast by far I really like I, I took him second overall on it on a, in a rookie draft like I just I just know how talented he was he was gonna be a top five pick in the overall draft if he didn't tear his ACL yeah he like I watched him play and just torched that Georgia defense while yeah. he was out there. That like elite Georgia defense that has never been like oh that's like the greatest defense college football has ever assembled. He made them look like he he was his he was their daddy. Like I'm getting flustered like talking about this. Like I'll end it there. I I will end it there before any more uh bad words come out of my mouth.
1: Yeah. It's an it's going to be interesting to see, but Guys with their best ability being speed is always makes me a little hesitant, just a little hesitant. What's his Henry Ruggs chance? I'm pretty high, if you ask me, honestly. You really think so? I mean, I I think his speed's different, and I think he's a better athlete than Henry Henry Ruggs, but like I view him much more as a Will Fuller, like the best version of what we wanted Will Fuller to be as uh you know a number two in an offense alongside someone else like that that's what i see like wow. d hop and will fuller how they coexisted is how i see saint brown and uh jamo existing
3: i didn't i didn't expect this to get so heated over here um with jamo and amin Ra. it leads to great discussion it really does um jace if you want to talk about targets Cortland Sutton had more targets than Jerry Judy. They played in the 15 games on sleeper. They did.
1: No, but Judy played like one snap one time. Like you get, if you exclude the games. Jerry Judy outperformed Cortland Sutton to the absolute max, which,
3: no, he did. but you can't say that targets decide who the number one receiver is then.
1: Well, I'm going to check your math because I'm pretty convinced on a per target per snap basis, per snap yeah. basis. Definitely. I feel like it's in Jerry Judy's favor.
3: Sutton had one Oh nine for the year in 15 games. Um, he, he played 43% of the snaps in one game. Oh,
1: I sent you a thing the other day. Jerry Judy played more than 74% of the snaps in 11 games this season. So there's some games floating around fifties and stuff. I mean, uh, I, to me, it's been decided. Jerry Judy's the guy.
3: 74 is very cherry picky. Um, I went down this rabbit hole Max. It's
2: not the one to go down, dude. It's, not, it's
3: really not. Jace <laughs> isn't going to He actually I do I do have a trade that involves Jerry Judy on here. Actually no, we'll save it. Um the next trade, TJ Hawkinson or Cole Komet in a late 24 first.
0: Probably Hawkinson. I just I am just a big proponent of guaranteed value.
1: What was it again? Hawkinson Cole Kmet a late 24 first. I'll do Cole commit in the late 24
3: first. Nixie, you're the tiebreaker? Probably Hawk for me. I think I'd go Hawk as well. I really do. I've, uh, I don't know. It's probably just because I have 112 in this draft and people act like it is just the worst pick and that they'd rather have 210 than 112 just because it's 112. Like, people are like, oh, it's not even a first. And it's like, oh, late first. Man, piss on that. I mean... If it was 201, I really think 201 would have more value than 112 in some people's minds. I really do. It's it's crazy. Um, moving on here, we got Josh Jacobs or 110 and Ramondre Stevenson.
1: That's a great one. I'll let Jace answer first. I'm going to go with uh, 110 and Ramondre Stevenson.
3: And just for clarification and stuff, we're, we as a podcaster vary out on Ramondre Stevenson just because of the system that he's in. He had a great year, but for us, he's a very sell now kind of guy.
0: Oh, he's a Patriot. Why the hell would I want him on my team?
3: Hey, man, you're about to pick him in 110. I guarantee it.
0: I I would flip the other way. I like Jacobs. I think Jacobs is going to present a lot of value based on where he lands. And when I look at the landscape of running backs, I really don't feel like he would sign somewhere Like, obviously, he's going to follow the money, but I don't think anybody's going to sign an old running back for money if they don't have the offensive line already established, if that makes sense. So, I don't think that he would sign somewhere that is not good for him. So, I think his value will only go up.
2: That's tough, man. I was going both ways. I, the only thing that sways me is Jacobs being a free agent. So, like, I think I'll go with the 110 and Stevenson, but yeah, it's only because it's like, if Jacobs gets a nasty landing spot, then you're just stuck with a whatever, 25- or 26-year-old running back like, hey, yeah, I'll just take the pick.
3: Yeah, uh, absolutely. We got two more here, then we're going to move to some super flex ones. We'll go a little quicker through those. I mean, have you guys been enjoying this so far, getting to see kind of what we value a different guy's like?
1: Yeah, I definitely enjoy this. Peter, No, Max, I hate it.
0: <laughs> I hate
1: it just because I have to
0: hear you talk.
3: You know, I, I like to leave the talking to you guys. Um, Chris Godwin or 109 and 205? Chris Godwin is 26 years old. Potential out is in two years, I believe.
1: I'll go 109 and 205. Give me the picks.
0: You tell me that two months ago, I'd tell you, I was you were crazy, but with all this uncertainty with Tom. Now, what if Jameis went there? Oh, famous. I'd, I'd pick up Godwin tomorrow.
1: Like that man slings the rock. He does. I, I'd, I'd stick with the picks still, even if it were Jameis, unfortunately.
3: Okay. Um, I'd go with Godwin bro. Yeah. God, I like Godwin. I think he's one of those guys that I'd go out and get right now. He's still at a good age. He's really solid. He really, really is. So I think if you could pay one Oh nine and two Oh five for him, Maybe try to get a third and Godwin back. I'd love that man. I really would. Because
2: that's the cheapest that he's ever been, pretty much right now. Like, even after he came off the
3: ACL this
2: past season, there's still like, I mean, maybe when Tom retired and he's coming off the ACL, but.
1: I agree. I also think like people like Deontay Johnson was in the same boat coming into this offseason and people who bought him. You, I mean, I feel like you're hard pressed to find someone that's not like a big dynasty head and well involved on dynasty Twitter and knows everything that Deontay Johnson did this season is like unsustainable in the best way possible. And that you can't have that many targets and not score touchdowns like we know that. And the people that listen to this podcast know that, but maybe the casuals in your league, it's going to be tough to get a good price for Deontay Johnson, especially something as high as 109. So that's the only thing I worry about with Chris Godwin.
3: Well, I'd say most people think Deontay Johnson's probably not even worth a first.
1: That's crazy. I would, that's I crazy would agree. Talk. But I mean, that's, that's why like, it's so important to know your league. Like if you can go, I mean, to me, it's not even like in my head to go offer someone 201 for Deontay Johnson, but to some casual in your league, that the only thing they know is this 23 class is supposed to be gold. And they look at Deontay Johnson's stat lines throughout the season. Like, you could get that to go through potentially, or like you know, maybe you got to add some back end seconds or 25 seconds or whatever. Like, those are expendable, you can get those back in a heartbeat. So, go, I mean, go check on the casuals in your league that don't seem like they're very active, like in the chat. And if you're on the sleep wrap and stuff, for sure.
3: But what would we pay for Deontay
0: Johnson?
1: Because of what I know, I'm not looking, you know, what I just talked about. I don't think I'm willing think, to pay anything more than like one ten, one eleven. I
0: think 110 is the number. I think that's the magic number. The highest you'd go is 110. Yeah. No, the highest I'd go is like 108. Yeah. But I think my magic number that I, I would feel comfortable at is 110.
3: Um, this is an interesting one. It, it really could happen. It really couldn't. I don't know how I feel about it. I wanted to hear your guys' uh, take. It's Jerry Judy and a 25 second. Or Terry McLaurin and 112. Jerry Judy crazy bro terry's not that far off from judy he's not
0: give me judy just because of the age if they were both the same age i'm taking terry yeah of course of course
3: but terry's like we've seen terry do it year in and year out like top 20
1: with players. no quarterback
3: no quarterback
1: yeah i would agree but it's not with been one top one end one. production like it's low he's end a... wide receiver one stuff with a blow-up game here and there and like I've, know I've, I, I'm a big Terry guy. I've I've had the experience. He's kind of hard to sell in a dynasty league. He's kind of hard to trust week to week when you're making roster decisions. Like he sounds nice on paper, but as someone who's had him for a long time in our most important dynasty league, it's kind of like, tough.
3: You can't tell me you would take Jerry Judy over 112 and Terry McLaurin. You could keep the second. Like I just feel like Terry and Judy I would are far off. I really. Know. I mean,
1: I. I shared it with you in half PPR scoring in 11 games where Judy played 74% of the snaps or more. He only had one other game where he played 50%, which is within statistical range. Dude was a top 10 wide receiver. If you exclude Michael Thomas, who only played three games, this is points per game, half PPR. Like that's wide receiver one stuff that he was putting up and he's only 23. And we all think Russ is going to rebound. I mean, yeah, I think Judy's got another level.
3: I mean, Terry McLaurin was wide receiver 14 this year, and you're writing him off like he's worth nothing. That's, That's basically. Is that
1: basically, total points or points per game?
3: It's standard and PPR, whatever it equals to. Well,
1: because I think the overall points that he would have accumulated from staying healthy, I think that looks really good and is worth something. But on a points per game basis, I don't think he's, I, I'd be shocked if he was in the top 12, let alone top. Yeah, I'd say he's in the top 15 back half of that. If I had to guess
3: what, what do you, all right. Then what is Terry McLaurin worth to you guys in picks?
1: Like one ten, like, yeah, around that range. He's like fair value with Deontay. Yeah, I would agree. Nick C just dropped in the chat. Terry wide receiver 21 in points per game, half PPR. Like that's just, that's just not alpha stuff. It's uh.
0: He's averaging 11.2.
1: I mean, if you extrapolate the stuff I'm talking about, Judy was putting up elite numbers, man, elite. Judy was 19. And played, like, how many games less than Terry? Like.
3: We're still averaging only 11.4 And Terry. Gentlemen,
1: Jackson, gentlemen,
0: we're going to go in circles about I'm Jerry sorry, Judy for but that includes,
1: six episode straight. Oh, I, I was just about to drop. Here, one more thing before Judy goes. Cortland Sutton played 882 snaps this season. Jerry Judy, 713, almost 200 less. Listen to that. And then Jerry Judy, 100 targets. Cortland Sutton, 109 targets. I mean, the dude was on the field so much less and got right up there with the same target share. They play together all season long. Judy out targets him by 40 targets.
3: I don't understand it. I just like, are you taking 107 or Jerry Judy?
1: Uh, you I'd take 10, 104. I'd, uh, no, I would take 107.
0: 108 or Jerry Judy? Oh, we're going to find
1: the breaking point. I'd have to. I'd want to wait till the draft for sure. So it's so 107, 107 is your break point. Yes.
3: Or 108 in a second.
1: No, the second wouldn't be. I don't lose sleep over seconds, man. I'd wait till the draft still.
3: The one Oh seven is your, is your thing for Jerry Judy
1: one Oh seven. I would, I would hand him over and I think he could outproduce that, but people will be quick to be out on him. If he sputters for a second,
3: one or two more, we're going to do two super flexes just to wrap things up here. Um, It is getting a little long. Um, We got super flex Jalen hurts or Dak Prescott and DJ Moore.
0: hurts. I think Dak, is on a short leash no matter what happens next year.
1: I think I would go with Dak and DJ Moore, but that comes from a true DJ Moore owner and kind of like with the Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson thing. Like sometimes I question what I'm willing to pay for DJ Moore, knowing what other people would be looking to spend on him in a trade with me. So sometimes that makes me rethink things, but I, I personally, I'll take the depth in getting DJ Moore on top.
2: That's the Jalen show all day. Not even. Jaylen.
1: Oh, the vindication for Peter. Yes. Max, you're so mad.
0: You're so <laughs> mad that the Eagles are going to win this weekend.
3: <laughs> no. Sirianni will stay winless in the playoffs. Um, this was a trade that Super Producer and I were talking about. One of the guys you gauge your thoughts, and then we'll do one more. The baseline was JMO and Dak Prescott for Lamar Jackson in a Superflex 12-person league.
1: I'll take Lamar. I'll go JMO and Dak Prescott.
3: I don't – my argument was I don't think that Lamar will be able to sustain his rushing
0: upside through his career. I just don't. I just think Lamar's going to be a Jet, so how could I miss (laughs) that opportunity to get him?
1: I I feel like Lamar's rushing upside is what makes him enticing for NFL teams because that is just – I mean, yep. he is truly different out there, which helps all assets, of your game. I, the thing I worry about with him is just the passing stuff, man. And maybe that's because he's in the Ravens and they've been a top five rushing offense, like since Harbaugh has been there. And especially since Lamar's gotten there. Um, I just, you know, you can have all the rushing upside in the world, but you got to be able to pass too. And like, that's what we're seeing with Jalen this year. He's sustaining AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. And they use those guys almost to a fault to score points and, you know, win games. That's just not the philosophy in Baltimore. So I I think he's going to have his weeks where he's the no doubt quarterback one on the week and wins people weeks. But I feel like the experience Lamar Jackson experience hasn't been as fun as people wanted it to be since his MVP season.
3: And Nick C was in the camp of Lamar. He he says that Dak is Buns and that Jamos Buns. So
2: Dak <laughs> is Wiener. Dak yeah. is Wiener. Not true. Yeah. That's where I was at. I mean, like, for me, like Lamar's still elite asset, especially at Superflex. Like and on that team, like he's my second quarterback. So like I'm just shooting for that week winning upside where he's gonna be QB one. So it that is to get true. a guy to get a guy in Dak that I mean, I'm not super excited about, and I don't like JMO already. So it's like, why would I trade away that week winning upside?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was, it's definitely fair value. And then we'll do one more uh, just to involve some quarterbacks here. Um, Mark Andrews and Russell Wilson or Trevor Lawrence.
1: Mark Andrews and Russell Wilson. Oh wait, sorry. This is super flex. Yes, sir. Still Mark Andrews and Russell Wilson. Yeah.
0: Russell, Russell, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it with my chest. This is gonna happen next year. He's gonna have a bounce back season.
1: Yeah, give me, give me Russell
0: and Andrews.
1: Yeah, I agree. Wow. Page I, with Lawrence is enticing, and the breakout's enticing, but it's less about like the breakout, Jason. It's like he is the prospect. He is like the yes. best prospect to come in sure. the draft since Andrew
0: Luck, right? Like, sure. He he will be very good for a very long time. But to have tight end and a guy who has proved it in the past, uh, I think it's
1: too much, too much value. I I agree. Age is not like age isn't a huge thing for me at quarterback. I mean, like from a dynasty lens, it has to be like, don't go trade your Trevor Lawrence to acquire a Tom Brady or someone who's like definitely at the end of their career. But I think Russ has still got some time in. I think he's a big I mean, I think they get a good head coach in there, get that offensive line fixed back up. I think he's going to be fine and dandy. SP?
2: I think Eileen Lawrence here. For, like, I would probably need a bit more, only just because I'm not a huge Russell Wilson guy. And then Andrews, let's say Lamar leaves. Like, you're going to have a full season or two of Tyler Huntley. I, like, I just can't buy into it, especially – how bad Andrews has been this season. There's no way. Maybe even if it is, I mean, you'd probably rather have Tyler Huntley. So I I don't know. I'd I'd still go Lawrence.
1: Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. Format is definitely like if it's PPR uh, or any kind of tight end premium,
2: I was going to say, like, does it change at all for you guys? Like if, Lamar Jackson leaves Baltimore this offseason. Andrews no. just stays the same
0: for you guys or It it really doesn't change much for me because Andrews while he's not like a technical route runner by any means, he's a tight end and, and tight ends are more about just soft zones over the middle and you don't need to be a rocket scientist to do that. You don't need a rocket scientist to throw you the ball. It's not like he's doing like, you know, 30 yard dig routes he has a potential out after next
3: season if he really wanted to he's going into his prime he's 27 right now yeah no
0: andrews yeah. yeah
3: so it's like this is the prime age for tight ends like it takes him a while to develop everyone's out on pitch right now he's 23 years old 22 whatever he is he might be 21 he's 22 home. i think yeah give him time he will be this guy or yeah. like a guy like hawkinson 25 years old he's new team new team. I mean, it just takes these guys changes yeah. season to get stuff down. And I mean, Andrews, we've seen it. He's put up four top five seasons in a row. I believe it is. Kelsey's yeah. done about 10 of them in a row. Yes. Kelsey's an exception, but I don't worry about Andrews at all.
1: Yeah. I think with Andrews, I mean, the dude got 98 targets in his second year as a tight end put up 852 yards And then, you know, 2021, 153 targets, 107 catches, 1300 yards and nine tugs. Like that is, that's insane. And a lot of that was with Tyler Huntley. And I know it hasn't been a great experience this season, but I, I, I don't think Mark Andrews has been himself since his shoulder injury. I really do believe like the eye test. He's just not himself. He's an absolute. I think he's in a different tier than Kittle and, you know, Wall if we're going to see him bounce back. And I think if anyone's coming for the tight end one crown, I think it's Mark Andrews with whatever quarterback it is. And I want to say that same thing for Kyle Pitts. But like, I, I think we saw a little bit this season that he might not in that new offense in the new team with Drake London might not be like immediately what we want yet. I think it's going to take him a little more time and Andrews has shown us he can, he can do it and targets are demanded. And he's demanded a lot in the past.
3: Two questions, just because I am genuinely curious about the one. What's Mark Andrews worth in like a first round pick this year's draft.
0: He's worth.
1: One Oh four. In my head, I was even – I have 105 in a dynasty league, and I felt like possibly sending that over, and then it was kind of back to the Chris Godwin and Deontay Johnsons and guys that I know I feel like they're going to bounce back. I'm really confident in that. That's my price, and I think other people – you have to perceive other people's value, and I think you could get away with 107, 108 in most one-quarterback rookie leagues. That would be absurd.
3: I'd slam that even 105. It's like, you're not getting one of those big guy. I mean, you are getting, you're getting a very good guy, but like, I think my, what I would sell him for is like 105 would be tough, close, but 104, I would definitely sell him for.
1: Yeah. I, and that's how we value them. But like yeah. Nixie, you, Nixie, well, I'm curious what you would pay for Mark Andrews. Yeah. Cause I feel like you're more closer to maybe that perceived value of other people that I'm talking about.
2: I mean, probably like one Oh six and a second.
1: Yeah. And that's max. You'd be willing to pay. Correct.
2: Yeah, probably. I, I wouldn't trade an earlier first for him.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think, like I said, we're all on dynasty Twitter all the time. We follow all the right people and these are people who know their stuff and have proven it. And I, you know, other people in your leagues are not like that. And I think they can look at the empty stat lines and forget the context of why he put up such sorry numbers. And I think he's a steal if you can get him for a 108 or 109. And I'll throw on two, three seconds, however many. You can get those back. You can get those back.
3: Yes. And also, we talk about all the time, if you can lock down that position, this guy's going in his prime, keep going in his prime. If you can lock that position down for 107, 108. Yeah. One, oh my gosh. But you're not gonna get that kind of guy in a rookie draft at that scarce position. So
1: unless you want to wait.
3: Unless you want to wait. Yeah, you can draft Michael Mayer or I mean whoever you Brock want Brock
0: Bowers draft. 101 2024 class.
3: No, no, Peter stop. 101.
0: I don't care. Sorry, Marvin Harrison.
3: You're great. That's all right. Rock Bowers him 101. Let, him
0: we'll let
1: Marvin Harrison drop.
3: One more before we go. We're wrapping it up. Drake London. This is in a super flex. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and a mid-23 first. So call it 106.
0: Woo! What do you got? What do you got? Like a pot of gold on the other side?
3: Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and 106 in a super flex for Justin Jefferson.
0: Oh, Oh. no. Garrett Wilson. The Garrett Wilson side, 1 million percent.
1: Yeah, I think you gotta go. That's just insane. It's that's too much value. Two those are three building blocks essentially for one building block. I I, I love Jet, but I, I'm sorry, that's too much depth.
3: It is. I think I'd take the picks too. I really think that the person in our league that has Jefferson would decline that in a heartbeat.
0: Probably would. But he's got Jefferson derangement syndrome. Just like you have, you have anti Philly derangement syndrome, Max.
3: Just like you, Peter, you have anti-winning germane syndrome because you'll never win a championship.
0: Donut.
3: You'll never win one, Peter. Not as long as I'm in the league.
0: Uh, Wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. Like I mentioned in the intro, we are giving away a Jalen Hurts signed jersey. Jalen Hurts signed jersey. It's the all black, the midnight black ones, which is awesome. So again, we're giving away a Jalen Hurts signed jersey on Twitter. Stay tuned on Twitter for that. It's at Dynasty Monarchy, at D-Y, you spell the rest, Dynasty Monarchy (laughs) on Twitter. Go give us a follow-up there. Jace and Nixie are doing a great job. And, again, that is going to be the home of the giveaway. We've given away Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, and Javonta Williams. Sorry, I almost forgot. We've given away so many jerseys, I'm forgetting some players that we're giving away. Signed jerseys.
3: Peter, how do I enter?
0: The way that you'll enter is when we finally post about it, all you'll have to do is retweet. And then there's going to be some other caveats if you want to get extra entries into it as well. Something like signing up for Underdog, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. We're going to be having that come out very soon. I mentioned it in the intro that you heard at the start of the episode. So we're excited to bring this to you. We'll be giving it away Super Bowl Sunday.
3: Now, Peter if I want to make an executive decision and say, if you listened all the way to the end and you heard this comment and you send us a picture of Michael Vick in an Eagle's Jersey, Mm -hmm. okay, you tweet us that picture, you DM it to us. You respond to our episode. We'll give you three extra entries. No, you know what? We'll give you seven extra entries. Michael Vick was number seven.
0: There you go. It's fine by me. I love that. All right. Want to thank everyone for making it to the end. Thanks again to our sponsor underdog fantasy. Again, use our code monarchy over there. M O N A R C H Y get a $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Gentlemen, let's have another great weekend of football. I think there's only, what is it? Four, six, seven games left in the whole season. Wow. Run for the Hills, gentlemen, run for the Hills because the darkness is coming. Football Hell draft is coming up. Get ready. Plant your feet. Owners, start listening. Start listening now. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time. Farewell, my fellow kings and queens!